Hello there. How many of you have heard the saying, no pain, no gain? Or whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Or my own personal favorite, it is what it is. What do all these sayings have in common? They help us to release resistance to situations where we feel helplessly trapped in pain, unable to get out of it. So where's the danger in that? The danger is that they can just as easily serve as justification to stay in pain, to stay stuck in a situation where you do actually have control and you're not actually acting on that control, you're just staying there. <laughs> we know the danger of escapism because we've spent a long time on that topic in the spiritual and psychological fields and self-help fields. We hate being with fair-weather friends. We understand how obnoxious and unhelpful spiritual bypassing is and positively focusing to the ends of the earth doesn't work. So basically, we understand that escapism is an issue. You're never gonna be able to get out of your problems by avoiding your pain at all costs. But what we have to also acknowledge is that there is a danger to the opposite end of the scale as well. There is a danger in becoming attached to pain and being unwilling to leave it. I've decided to name this danger. I'm calling it endurism. It is the exact opposite of escapism, but equally as damaging. Endurism is a coping strategy. It is a coping strategy for dealing with the perception that we are helpless to get our needs met. It is a coping strategy that ensures you will spend your life coping with a painful life instead of creating a life you enjoy. It doesn't take me to tell you that we live in a world full of super mixed messages. On one hand, our world is all about happy, happy, happy. There's nothing acceptable except for to be happy. Look at our pharmaceutical industry. Look at our sales industry. Look at all the consumer products that are available. Pretty much everything out there says one thing. You have to feel good, because if you don't feel good, something's seriously wrong. <laughs> and yet, on the other hand, we live in a society that glorifies pain and suffering. I mean, all of the awards, all of the medals, all of the trophies basically goes to people who struggle the most. We love people who struggle and suffer and who take pain upon themselves. We love martyrs. So we're getting a super mixed message. Wait, on the one hand, you're telling me I have to be happy and if I'm not happy, something's seriously wrong and I can't be accepted. On the other hand, what you're telling me is I'm only a good person. If I'm suffering, there's virtue in suffering. Oh, and let me tell you what, the religious and spiritual communities on this earth they take this whole dynamic of there's virtue and suffering to a whole other level. Like we attach superiority and goodness and rightness to the idea of suffering and being in pain, of enduring. We stay in situations and perpetuate situations that are causing us pain so we can feel like we are good and doing what's right. It's a dull and ongoing form of martyrdom. There is an element of endurism, in fact, in every codependent relationship. And within the law of attraction communities, what we're seeing is a complete rift or a division between the people who are going into complete escapism or the people who understand that because law of attraction means that if you are a match to something, you're gonna to continue to attract it regardless of what physical actions you take, 
This whole group swings the pendulum to the entire other side of the spectrum. What people on this side forget is that in the physical dimension, action is a step that actually creates a vibrational shift. We forget that it's part of the process. Look, it may be step two in the process, but it's still a step. If we're on this side of the spectrum, we tell ourselves there's nothing we can actually do about a situation because we're a match to it. So we will just have to learn to allow it and trust that the universe will eventually take it away and take that action step for us. But in reality, part of the path of improving your vibration will involve literally taking actions that are in alignment with that improvement. Sometimes taking the action is in fact the only way to increase your frequency further. Now the funny thing is, there is a bit of escapism in endurism. What are we trying to escape? We're trying to escape the fear of change and also the responsibility that's necessary to make that change. So why are we so afraid of this change? We are afraid that making a change in the direction of progress, in the direction of growth, in the direction of our joy, means that we are going to lose connection with someone. I did a video on that last week. The video is called The Catch-Up Effect, The Real Reason We Fear Change. So I suggest that you go take a look at that video. Let's peel back a layer and look at a deeper level of this particular issue. When we are children, what do we want the most? We want someone to love us unconditionally. We want someone to be connected with us, regardless of whether we feel good or we feel bad. But what do we find instead? This hardly happens. Unconditional love is something that the human race is just barely trying to learn. So what mostly happens is we come into our life experience and we are pretty conditionally loved. No, I'm not going to be around you when you're angry or sad. You can go sit in the timeout. To understand more about this, I want you to watch my video called The Emotional Wake-Up Call. Anyway, I have very little long-term patience for people who like to say things like misery likes company, essentially shaming this particular need, because all of it finds its roots in this desire to be unconditionally loved regardless of how we feel. It is the aspect of you, I mean seriously, take a look inside yourself. It is the aspect of you that is in pain that really, really wants somebody's company. That's how all of us work. <laughs> when we have this wound, we develop the idea that if someone loves us, they will endure any amount of pain to be with us. Essentially, we all desperately want someone to look at us in the eyes and say, I'd rather be in pain and with you than happy without you. Just admit it. In fact, over the course of our relationship, we begin to incrementally cause them pain and put them in painful situations with us we are doing this subconsciously but deliberately to try to have the experience of someone loving us so much that they will endure anything to be with us. We want the opposite of a fair-weather partner. We want something secure and reliable. We expect them to endure pain for the sake of our connection. We have been taught that this is love. In other words, endurism is undeniably linked to love for most of us. But it's at this point that your partner puts the brakes on and says, Wait, 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 hold the phone. If you loved me, you wouldn't want me to be in pain. You would rescue me out of it. You would do whatever it takes to get rid of the situation or the behavior that is causing me pain. And lo and behold, a relationship standoff begins between the person saying, if you loved me, you wouldn't want me to be in pain. And the person saying, if you loved me, you would take the pain to be with me. And now let's peel the layers back even farther. And what do we find underneath this? We find that when we're young, we are relationally dependent upon people in our life. 
We're completely dependent upon them to meet our needs, to fulfill our desires. We're dependent on them for everything. This is a super powerless position to be in. And yes, it is the breeding grounds for much of our expansion. But it creates a serious amount of trauma. So what do we find? Did most of our parents say, okay, I see your desire and I see your need and I'm going to do anything I can do to enable that need to be met? No. A lot of times what parents do, either through their actions or directly through their words, is look at the child and say, tough kid, you gotta put up with it. What message does this send with us? There is nothing I can do to meet my needs or get the thing I want. I'm basically just gonna have to put up with it. We were not enabled to brainstorm ways to actually improve the situation or to meet our own desires or to find alternatives to doing what we don't want to do. We learn because of the situation we grow up with that we just have to put up with feeling unsafe or put up with having no money or put up with not being able to have the things we want or to put up with being abused or to put up with doing things we don't want to do. This is one of the most detrimental mistakes that parents make. Can we blame them? Not entirely, because they feel powerless to their own lives. They feel trapped in their own lives. So what do they do? They convince their kids that they're trapped too. This is where endurism begins. I mean, just take a look at this. How often, when you came home and said, I hate school, I'm miserable here, I can't deal with it anymore, did your parents look at you and say, too bad, you gotta go to school, deal with it? And we wonder why we have so many adults that are like, I hate my job, I just don't want to be there anymore, but I have to, so I'm going. Or, I hate my marriage, I can't stand this person, but I'm just going to have to hang in for as long as it takes the kids to go to college. So this is my advice to those of you who are parents watching this particular episode. I'm not asking you to let go of your own sense of personal healthy boundaries and to self-sacrifice for the sake of your kids. What I am asking is that you don't impose your own sense of being trapped on your children because that is how to destroy their adulthood. You want them to grow up with an attitude of freedom, with an attitude of I can, not with an attitude of I'm limited or I can't or I'm trapped. So my question for you is, would you rather raise an adult who is really, really good at creating positive change in their life or would you rather raise an adult who's really, really good at dealing with the suffering in their life? So I'm asking you to lead by example. As a parent, you have to take a look at the areas of your life where you are practicing endurism, where you're demonstrating no matter how much pain I'm in, I just have to deal with it. Remember, this is the lesson you are giving them for their whole life about pain, not just about this specific situation. I suggest seriously involving them in the process of brainstorming. Make them think their way out of painful situations and take actions to actualize their desires instead of just telling them you can't. Change the conversation in your family from we can't to there's always a way, so how can we? All that happens when we feed kids this message is that they have to endure something and can't make any change to remedy the situation is that we force the kid to develop an attachment to enduring. They have to become okay with enduring. They have to find spiritual and non-spiritual ideologies to support the idea of enduring. They will grow up to force their partners and kids to stay stuck and trapped. They will believe that this is completely valid because it is virtuous. You're going to raise a kid who is a super great coper as an adult. You don't want to do that. You don't want to raise a coper. Copers do nothing more than perpetuate the things that aren't already working. 
You want to raise somebody who actually has the freedom inherent in their being to say, you know what, if I don't like something, I'm going to be the one to change it. Now beware, when you begin to take a look at the endurism that you are practicing in your life, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to become super extra defensive. Because guess what? You have valid reasons for doing those things. And I am not here to argue you out of those valid reasons. They're valid. It's super valid to say, you know what? I am enduring my job because of all the consequences that may happen of me quitting my job. It's a valid reason. But reasonability is the enemy of progress and freedom. No one is trying to talk you out of the validity of your reasons. I am just trying to convince you that your reasons are not valid enough to justify living a miserable life. Endurism is limiting. It is nothing more than the age-old story of the elephants who are tied to tree trunks that they can't move when they're tiny, only to grow to a size where they could easily move the tree trunk and not even realize it, so they stay tied to it unnecessarily. It is a taut limitation, then turns into a self-imposed limitation, and sooner or later an endurer is going to break. Endurism is to blame for most, if not all, chronic illness, and it is absolutely the thing to blame for terminal illness. What happens if we continue to endure is that we are essentially putting the brakes on our own expansion. And the universe basically made life for the sake of expansion. So do you think it has the patience for you putting the brakes on? Hell no. The universe says, oh, you're going to put your anchor down and not go with expansion? Then we're going to put you in a do or die scenario. This is what terminal illness is all about. Make changes for the better in your life or die. This is what life crisis is about. If you endure something despite desiring something else, there literally will be a point where your life falls apart so you no longer have anything to lose by following your joy. Here's an analogy. Let's say you're on the boat and you're in the middle of the ocean and you hate this boat that you're on. So what happens? You desire another boat. So the universe goes, oh, that's in alignment with an expansion. Let's bring another boat. So the second boat floats up. And you look at that other boat and say, oh, good. And so you put one foot over to jump onto that boat. You want to go in the direction of that boat. But what happens? The universe is like, wow, they're really taking a long time to get off their boat. Let's help them figure out that this is what they have to do. Let's poke holes in the boat that they're standing on, this old boat. And so it starts sinking. And what does the average person do? The person who's into enduring. Instead of jump off the boat like the universe wants them to do and get on the new boat, they go, oh God, I got to patch the holes in the old boat. So the universe goes, wow, we really got to help them out to realize they got to get off the boat. <laughs> Let's sink it. So essentially you end up in a situation where you are in the water and your option is drown or get on the boat. Most of you know that one of the tattoos I have on my arm here is follow your joy. It just seems like such a precious little spiritual nugget. But it's serious, okay? Like, it is serious. Like, there is no joke. Follow your joy is the only option here. Or what does the universe do? It sinks your boat. So how do we end endurism in our own life? We have to see all the aspects of our life in which we are practicing endurism. Then we have to see clearly all of the reasons that we are justifying that level of endurance. We gotta question them. Are they valid? Then we have to open ourselves up to freedom by looking for ways that we actually do have control in this situation. What are some loopholes? Take your power back and involve other people in this process. Sometimes that elephant needs to be told, hey, you're 3,000 pounds now. 
you can move the tree trunk to actually realize you can move the tree trunk. And guess what? You're in a prison if you're practicing endurism. And from the inside of a prison, it's pretty hard to tell how to get out of it. But a lot of times, people on the outside of that jail cell, it's obvious to them. Please, from the bottom of my heart, as a spiritual teacher, I'm going to beg you to stop using spiritual truths to justify your endurism and to give you an excuse to stay stuck in your pain. It's not virtuous, and it's not what the universe had in mind for those particular spiritual truths. Stop telling yourself or other people that whatever situation you are in or they are in is a situation where nothing can be done, that they're stuck. Or keep doing that and watch your boat sink and their boat sink, which universally is okay too. Did it ever occur to you that you did not come to this life to cope with this life? Perhaps you came to this life to actually make a change and make a difference. And if it's not you, who the hell is it going to be? Every single revolution, every single positive change that has ever happened, every invention, is the byproduct of someone who decides they're unwilling to cope with the way things are. That instead, they're going to take action, or do anything, to make a change. And so they do. And what do we see? The entire world benefits from this. The way out of endurism is very simple. It is to follow your joy. It is to prioritize things in your life and live your life completely according to your values. And anytime you run into a perceived limitation, start looking for the loopholes and levers that will get you to freedom instead. And when it comes to other people, it is time to practice enabling their freedom and their empowerment as well. Imagine that they were a bird that you were holding. The time has come to realize that love is setting them free. Help them look for the levers and the loopholes to get out of the imprisonment that they are trapped in. This will benefit not only them, but it will also benefit you. The entire world that you will be living in will be so much better if all of us would just stop practicing endurism. Have a good week.